Welcome to Shotgun Story, the podcast that has conversations with indie creators about music, meaning, and the point of it all, so that you may be inspired by the journeys of other artists who are doing it for themselves, and maybe gain a little more understanding as to why it matters quite so much that you keep creating. Tubatsi Mpomoloe is a South African-born singer-songwriter, influenced by the sounds of blues, jazz, rock and African folk music. His music asks the audience to be open-minded and exploratory as he brings a collaboration of sound and genre in creating an authentic fusion folk sound. Now, I met Tubatsi in a collaboration at Nairox, and ever since, I've wished that he was in every band that I was in. Welcome to Batsi. Thank you, Terry. Hi. Hi, everyone. I want to start off with, I suppose, the most important question. How did the music find you? You know, Terry, it's a very weird one. I'd studied music for about two years at Park Town College. This was post my financial studies at Jamiston College. Well, it was just a thing of, you know, I come from a, a divorced family and we were raised by my mom, meaning my sister and I, and myself being the eldest one. So obviously, you know, as a single parent, she has to like fend for everyone and make sure that we all get the education that we need to get. And she had given us that opportunity. But then when Wundle and my sister had to go to university, I had to drop out, you know, because having to give her that opportunity. Then after dropping out, I had a bit of knowledge with music theory and history. Also coming from a background of a family of musicians, you know. And I picked up a guitar at home before even going to college. I worked for Standard Bank in Simmons Street under the FICA project. And I did uh, seven or eight years of that. But by the last year, I kind of felt like this relationship wasn't working out between myself and the bank because they were not giving me any better packages, you know, like vehicle and assets, finance, home loan, medical aid, like anything permanent. And I thought... "Ah, let me just leave this division and try find employment elsewhere. I tried that. Ended up just deciding to just leave the bank and start all over again. During that, a guy found me somewhere playing guitar just under the tree with a friend. Sort of heard my voice and he gave me a CD of a cast called Umoja, a live theater type thing. Had an opportunity to join that and then I started playing with them. And they really invited me to come play at the theater, of which I thought I was just going to sing as a singer. But then that opened up a whole lot of other things. Like I had to learn how to dance, act, sing at the same time. You know, I had to learn a whole lot of other things because I'm used to just singing. (laughs) And uh, I joined the cast for about a year or two. I think this was in 2001 or 2002, I think. I'm just not sure. And I did that with the cast and stuff, and it didn't work out as well. I enjoyed the traveling and learning how to perform and dance and act at the same time. And, you know, it's a different space altogether. I'm explaining the part where my musical career started becoming a part of my life, over and above just playing music at home, learning how to play guitar and stuff, but like really performing over and above performing at church. And then I did the Umoja thing for the two years, and also that did not work. I then had a daughter, and she was growing up, and she was like two to three years, but I wanted to have some stability. So I thought, no, this is not going to work. I'm not going to waste my time in it. And I left. 
I started working with my uncle Chulani, who has a home studio. Started working at the studio, sessioning for other musicians, learning how to use the equipment there, you know, programming and everything. And the whole thing just started from there, honestly. It just took off from there because I met other musicians like Abo Khafela, Omahohodi, and Lindiwe Makolo. I was just doing backing vocals for everyone. And then up until I met a friend of mine, Ulrato, of which we've known each other all these years before I started taking the music seriously. We met at a jam session called the His and Has Jams. I saw him playing there and I was like, wow, bro, you still carried on playing guitar after all these years. He's like, yeah, and I see like you're playing great with DJs and stuff. I want to play saxophone. And then he was like, I have a flute. And a flute is almost the same fingering, you know, positioning and stuff. I can give you a flute. You can start with a flute by the time you can afford to get a saxophone can purchase a saxophone for yourself and that led into him seeing me playing at a wedding with another musician now two weeks or three weeks after he'd given me the flute he was really impressed with that and he invited me to his place to come and look into a project which is urban village i just came in just to play flute and then he knew that i sang but then i started writing lyrics and humming certain things to that and then everything just took off from there till today so exciting. Yeah. From that point of joining Urban Village, what five career highlights would you give listeners who don't have any idea of your music or your story? So Lerato is the spearhead and the founder of Urban Village because he created the music. The style of Urban Village is predominantly created by him and thoughts and what he really wanted to achieve and it being a village an urban kind of a sound so then as based on our conversation it was an explanation from him to me to say i'd like to bring in a collaboration spirit between the village which is the rural traditional sounds that we have as Mm -hmm. black africans and fuse that with the urban which is you know, European styles and using European instruments like your ordinary guitars, your flutes, mixing that with like traditional instruments like Mbira, Mbira from um, Zimbabwe, and using like all other indigenous sounds or styles of singing. Now that opened up a beautiful collaboration space because Lerato and I had spoken that we are musicians in our own spaces who have our own solo careers and own solo kind of ideas of what we want to do, but bring in a beautiful collaboration, which then led to us having the urban village, creating the songs at a later stage, having Kolani on drums and Smanga on bass. And that for me was really amazing because it had opened up a new door that I'd never even imagined beyond my thoughts that there's an existing space where people are open-minded and looking forward to hearing things and seeing things from a different point of view, which gave an opportunity of freedom and collaboration. Because the music that we created was totally out of the norm. We wanted to break the norm, you know, so that we, we can have an audience that listens to our music and feels and sees and can travel into a space that is not really taboo, but a space that is not catered for. That has opened up a whole lot of collaboration with regards to our biggest, biggest, biggest opportunity was having to work with um, the Nyrox uh, Foundation Sculpture Park in uh, the Cradle of Mankind through Lloyd Smith. There was a, a music venue called Tokyo Star in Greenside. 
and that's when I met Lloyd. And Rato and Lloyd has already we've already been friends then. He invited us to Nairox, come see the venue, come see what the events are like and what the actual thing is happening there. Then he started inviting me for festivals to come and collaborate with musicians like yourself, Albert Frost and Guy Battery and the Afroboor, like a whole lot of other musicians, Dane Rothblatt. But they were on the lineup as solo artists. And he only invited me to come and session for the musicians by playing flute, which meant that I had to yeah. stay at the residency from that Friday or the Thursday, working with all these musicians, learning their songs, finding a way of fitting myself into the space, of which, remember, I'd only picked up a flute, and by then I was only playing it for just two months without any training, without any proper education about how to play the flute. But I took the project because... You know, when someone believes in you and says, I heard you, this is where I see you fitting best in this thing, and I'd like to try out something new with you. For me, it was like thrown right into the deep end because I was nervous, you know, not knowing the music and who I'm going to play with and can I play a flute for all these people because I don't know their songs. But then I, I threw myself into it, took the project. And then something happened, something great totally happened there. The spirit of collaboration started happening with me then this one i started learning that there's collaboration and through collaboration i can learn and grow and open up other doors as well there's so much i can tell you about what that has done for me to today because today i play a number of instruments and i keep gathering instruments like people are gifting me these instruments you know now i play mbira i play harmonicas i play a lap steel guitar which i really discovered at nairox from richard brains I play electric guitar, acoustic. There's a new instrument that VETS has built for me now that I'm also trying out and checking it out. It's something totally out of this world just because of that spirit of collaboration. And that's how important and amazing collaboration has been to me and still is going forward. And I have to say that being on the other side of a collaboration with you is you are a consummate professional and are able to make anything sound magic. You are so easy to collaborate with. Thank you, Tari. I try, you know, I really try. I try to give myself the time, you know, to learn. Mostly over and above everything I'm learning and I, I'm taking away from those collaboration is the lessons. Oh, it's just making my life keep changing, you know, because even when I write music, I write from a different point of view. My feelings, my thoughts, and the style of writing has totally changed and grown from when I started. And I appreciate that. It's so exciting because I think the whole point of it all, whether you're doing music or anything else, is the growth. And so to take that, it's so cool. I feel like we all have a lot to learn. Yeah, and we learn every day. The lessons never end. <laughs> so now, your ultimate why. What drives you to create? What inspires you? I draw my inspiration from my surroundings, Tori, to tell you the truth. I'm a kind of person who keeps my ears on the ground. I listen and I, I watch and I pay attention and I try to keep myself part of the overall movement within the society, knowing what I stand for, because I always like to write music that is like motivational and real, you know? Yeah. And the stories that I want to talk about, the conversation I like to have with an audience is over and above just cool 
over and above just sounds nice over and above the rules and the regulations of music and how to play an instrument are these rules what keeps me also creating is because i'm a kind of person who likes to break the boundaries it's like learning or trying to break the rules but you have to learn the rules so that when you break the rules you break the rules within the rules but it needs to be something fresh and new and different and out of a taboo mm. you know i really stand for that you know sometimes we write dark music sometimes we write really light music especially with my solo career there's a different touch to that you know compared to all the other type of music i've done with urban village and a whole lot of other musicians that i've worked with i'll make you an example by saying that's what keeps me creating this one time i was cycling from my uncle's studio at night which is in soweto but we all live in soweto but i live in a different part of soweto which is mofulo so there's like a whole lot of spaces mofulo dube diploof and 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 so i was cycling from orlando west to my house in mofulo at 11 pm and i had a, a laptop in my bag i had about 7000 rands i'd withdrawn some cash for the for the band it was payment that came in through my account and i was cycling and i had my phone came across a couple of guys at a t junction intersection they grabbed me by the bag fell on the floor my phone fell and the bike but an amazing thing happened these guys i think they were scared or something they really focused on the bicycle and the phone so they took my phone and my bicycle mm. but not the bag and it shook me so much because i would have gotten into a lot of trouble with the guys and the money maybe they wouldn't have believed me so this thing happened on a tuesday night i know those boys i saw them i've been seeing them around the neighborhood i told them i was like i know you guys i'm going to find you and i'm going to get my things back on friday yeah. the very same week on a friday I got a phone yeah. call from a person that I was dating at the time. So what these guys did when they took the phone, they took it to someone to charge the phone for them. Lucky enough that lady when she switched the phone on, she saw a picture of me because they told her like, "Yo, we found this rasta, we took his phone, we took his bike." So when she switched on the phone, she saw a picture of me and she's like, "No way, I know this guy." Then she dialed the last dialed which was my partner that I was seeing at the time. and gave her a tip off to say yo please tell dubazi he needs to go to this place and that place to go get his phone and his bicycle he's going to find these guys they haven't sold these things they're just chilling there you know fast forward the story oh got my things back so it's a story you know oh it's a brave story the, the song that i sent you right now it's called basimanyana it's a story about that bicycle and basimanyana means these little boys who took my mm. bicycle took my phone You know they don't know who I am, where I come from, what kind of medicine is in my bag. They don't know if my surname yeah. is Muloi, which means witch. <laughs> Traditionally, they don't know what kind of spiritual space I'm in, what kind of powers I possess through my sounds, through my thoughts, through my meditation. So just to just to sum it up in terms yeah. of how I create and what inspires me, it's those stories, you know. True stories you know, that you can put into sing song. A story about a father figure, who a father figure is, and how does a father figure fits into a, a larger, you know, point of view, like in a community. You know, who's a mother? Community. How do we build a nation? What do you say? What do you want to talk about when you're talking about building a nation? So it's mostly like stories that are happening in and around migration. People that came from the rural areas to find or seek work in Joburg back in the days. talking about where joburg comes from and where joburg is or where i come from and where i am and what i'm seeing feeling thinking as well so it's really inspired by that tori
hearing you talk makes me feel so weepy, which is what happens when I am close to truth. So that's, oh man, that's so exciting. And I'm so excited to hear the song and everyone else will hear it too, because we're going to end this episode. We're going to play it out with that later. All right, sorry. Now, your songwriting processes, do you tend to start with the music or do you start with a story? So back in the days when I wrote music, I started writing music with the story that inspires, you know, the thing that I'm, I'm constantly thinking about. And as I grow and started realizing that I'm finding challenges with that, because it was always difficult for me to find melodies, you know, to find mm. chords and notes and things that will accompany that. Because if I'm going to say a man needs to learn who will shine the light for him when his days are dark and dim. Yeah? Say I'm writing that in, yeah. in terms of just a man needs to know who will shine the light for him when his days are dark and dim. And then I have to think about melody. How do I sing this? How do you sing a man needs to know who will shine the light for him when his days are dark and dim? Okay. A man needs to know who will shine the light for him when his way is dark and dim. Right. Okay, cool. Now, hmm, what chord am I singing? What key am I singing? So then because of that, I found the process was really slow and I, was, I had challenged in terms of writing. So I started applying a different kind of technique. How I write music now, I write music first with melody, which is I pick up a guitar and I play the melody and I play the chords and I play the changes. Mm -hmm. Even though I have a story in my mind, it always works with the, the melody because obviously I start writing from either the mbera in the key of G, F or whatever, or a harmonica or whatever chord that I can play in the guitar or lap steel. And then if that melody works, like right now there's a song I'm working on, it's called Inkonyane Ebsiga, meaning a calf in the winter. How does a calf survive in the winter and then tell a story through that. But I have a rhythm and a melody in the guitar. So just to sum it up, I always write from that point of view where it's always melody first, and then the lyrics. I'll try to fit them in the song because all you have to do is sing the melody of the song for the song to sound proper and easy and fun yeah. and good. And then you can bring in a story. You can open up a story in terms of writing, but always following the basic melody of the song, which will lead you into a part for a solo, a part for a hook, a part for that. Even when you play your solo, my solos will always have a, the base of the melody, even if it goes like, I'll always bring it into the solo as well, but break away, but always bring in the melody. So it's always yeah. melody and then, you know, lyrics and then break everything up. It makes it easier for me. So I've learned and it speeds up the process because I don't spend a lot of time working on a song, trying to get the right words. And then it makes it easy for it to flow and then becomes a song. Wonderful. And for anybody listening who is an aspiring songwriter or someone who's working at their craft, that's worth trying out. Absolutely. Trying something different. The thing of just like playing around with sounds, you know, if you have instruments, playing around and just looping everything around it, putting it into a port, playing around, seeing how much you can get out of it. Obviously, as an artist, we all have our own signature of, you know, you hear a certain song, you know, it's Tubatsi singing that song or it's Tubatsi playing there because he mm -hmm. has the style of touching his guitar style of singing you know and always try and bring that in but always try to break that as well you know to explore more 
more than that, you know. And there's genres, there's pop, there's folk, there's indie, there's blues, there's mpakanga, there's maskandi, there's bubblegum, there's, you know. And whatever that I try to create that's fresh, sometimes it would feel and sound like, okay, this song is really folk blues, but I can add an element of maskandi into it. Let's have the rhythm section sounding really folk and blues, but your style of singing, let it be mpakanga, let it be Zulu tradition folk, you know, or Sotu folk music or yeah. just like to grow the craft yeah absolutely oh that's so fun i'm gonna try that actually <laughs> right yeah you should try it it's, it's pretty dope <laughs> um now we spoke of the spirit of collaboration and i love how you said that and i love how you respect it because i do believe that uh, collaborations can change the world do you collaborate uh, in songwriting as well or is it just in performing sorry i'm not gonna lie to you i am growing I'm growing each and every day, yeah. each and every year, each and every month, each and every second. I've had an opportunity to collaborate with Ladysmith Black Mambazo on some of their songs at Nyrox. I had an opportunity to collaborate with Albert Frost, which is an amazing musician. And it's a different style altogether. I have an opportunity to collaborate with Shotgun Tori on Shotgun's work. I've had an opportunity <laughs> to collaborate with Anne Jangle, which is something totally different. Dane Rothblatt, Hafelao Makokodi, who's a poet. Msaki, the amazing singer. We've done a song. It's on social media, actually. I'm telling you, Msaki is like my hero. She's amazing. She's an amazing singer, songwriter, collaborator. Oh, wait, wait, tell us what it's called. Sorry, I interrupted. It's with Urban Village. It's a new single called Umshaba Wonke, meaning the entire world, the world in its entirety. I wrote the song Wonderful. many years ago. We've had an opportunity to collaborate and the record label really liked the song and they thought we should do something with Msaki, of which I wrote the lyrics, the one verse, the chorus, and Msaki came in and wrote a verse as well. And then we did the whole harmonizing thing and I play guitar on the song solo. So from a collaboration space, that's one aspect of it. And I collaborate now with filmmakers. I'm doing a project with PJ, who's a good friend of mine uh, who does stuff for Mnet. They asked me to collaborate with them on the series that they're doing. It's a new show called Mzaliwa, meaning my parents. And uh, they sent me all yeah. the stuff, the filming, the synopsis and stuff, so that I can get a mood of what the songs should be. Because now I'm creating a soundscape of sounds using my mm. instruments, you know, to create and either vocally and obviously writing, you know. I do like collaborations with poets, dancers, filmmakers, sculptors, you know, like in terms of the discipline and the entire art discipline. And that I learned through Nyrox, I'm not going to lie, you know, because then being in such project, then you learn that, oh, collaboration is bigger and broader than just the one aspect of performance. Sometimes it's not even performance. I did something with a fashion designer who has an online thing happening and he challenged me to do a song for his runway because he likes my tone and, you know, the richness of the songs. And he has an idea, it's going to be a 15-minute runway and can you create something luminous, colorful, doesn't have to be that up-tempo, but traditional and rooted, you know. That's the other thing about collaboration. I really love it because it's you just take a project and on an open mind and really, you know, fest yourself in it and try and develop something, you know, that is needed, really. So the collaboration is quite broad, Tori, hey? So cool. I did a collaboration with French School for the children in France, which is going to be taking off in February, they challenged me to two songs that they're going to teach to the children in France when they have the France 
festival, African festival music. So I took nursery rhymes, original nursery rhymes from South Africa or African from back in the days in Zulu. The other one yeah. is in Xhosa. So it was a huge project where I had to write, score the music, put it on like, you know, staves and have a score sheet and have videos of translation. We have videos of how to pronounce this, uh, have a video where I explain what the song is about and each and every word means this and this is how you pronounce the clicks and 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 have the actual audio song have the actual song without the lyrics and you know it was a huge project of just two songs which I needed to deliver in a month and it's a great collaboration to collaborate with French school and these are songs they're going to be teaching to kids all over France that are going to be singing those songs in the streets for that festival you know it's it's amazing, Tori. That's what I love. It opens up a lot and a lot to learn as well. Oh, that's so exciting. And the energy of that, of that thing that you made and all the little bits of yourself that you put into that big project that then goes over across the other side of the world and then those children are going to sing what you wrote absolutely, and what exactly. you made. Absolutely. And the energy builds. Oh, it's magic. It's beautiful, Tori. It's amazing. That's, yeah, wow, wow, congratulations. That sounds incredible. Because you've done a lot of collaborating now. Yes. What tips would you give other musicians on how to be a better collaborator? All right, I think that's pretty simple, you know. It's firstly courage. You need to be brave. And you need to also believe in yourself. Because to tell you the truth, if someone approaches you and asks you to collaborate with them on any project, I believe that firstly, it's because that person has seen and heard or understands that you are what fits best in their work. Like, I'll make an example with Albert Frost. Albert Frost is uh, an amazing guitarist, blues, wow, he's fire. For him to ask me to collaborate with him on a project, now we have a performance set, which is Albert Entrebatsi, which we're touring and playing all over, you know. If he gets a booking, sometimes he books that. Sometimes he books Albert Trio. Sometimes, you know. So it's a thing of being brave. It's a thing of being able to just throw yourself in something that you never thought you could do. But most importantly, yeah. you need to be very open-minded. Gentle and humble and open-minded to learn from the next person. Because working with other people is a, it's a very interesting thing. And it needs one to be really humble and, you know, aware. Also, it's a thing of knowing your instrument, knowing how to use your voice, knowing how to best perform your craft, you know? Because what this has taught me has given me an opportunity to be like, you have to practice your instruments because sometimes you're going to meet uh, uh, Tori. Tori's going to ask you to play a song with her on F-sharp major seven. <laughs> I don't know how to play F-sharp major seven. And my flute is on B flat. You don't want to always make an excuse to say, my flute is on B flat. I don't play. You need to practice, you know, learn the instrument so that it becomes yeah. easy for you to create and collaborate with other people as well. Incredible. That's great advice. How has being a dad impacted your career? Being a dad has really impacted my career in a very big, 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 big way. Because, you know, in the back of your mind, there's always the thought of you have to deliver. She needs to get mm -hmm. transport money for school. She needs to get, like, you need to provide for her lunch. You need to pay fees. You need to buy books. You need to buy her clothes. You need to buy her stuff on her birthday. You need to 
send her Wi-Fi. You need to take care. You need to grow a child. You know, you need to provide for this person, which meant or means that I need to always find multiple ways to create multiple income over and above having to go and perform. For example, during COVID, mm -hmm. there wasn't work. You know, there, even now there isn't that much work, but you have to always find creative ways of creating things for yourself so that you can provide for yourself, for your partner, for the life that you guys want to grow, for your home. You know, for my home, there's these things, there's a responsibility and there's a budget at the end of the month that I'm responsible of. Yeah. Over and above financially, you know, I'm just going to go back on having a daughter, a, a child. I've realized and learned that you will never know true love until you have your own. And that brings so much <laughs> joy so 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 much joy and having Achille as a part of my life is amazing because of the conversations and the true love that I see from her you know the questions that she has her interests they really spark something in you and it helps it helps me grow and write and learn and feel you know and also knowing that I have this responsibility of taking care of someone is uh, pretty important and it's making a huge impact in my musical career because therefore I take my work really seriously and I respect the mm -hmm. people I work with. Therefore, small little things like time, have to deliver beyond time, you know, respect, respect, respect the work yeah. that you do so that you can actually really see yourself grow and your family and, you know, your loved ones grow as well because that's what we have. So it has made a huge impact in that way. <laughs> Absolutely. That's wonderful. You mentioned briefly now the challenge of COVID. Obviously, there's not been a lot of work. But even before COVID, what do you think some of the challenges that musicians today face? In South Africa, especially in, uh, it depends on which, which genre or which platform do you want to place yourself, you know. I mean, there's like Mapiano, I don't know if you heard of that. There's house music, there's hip hop. And then there's like us, live musicians who perform at festivals and primarily dependent on being out there and really performing, you know. Yeah. Our challenges have been pretty huge and we still have those challenges because I feel like the musical structure and business structure of art in general over and above music in South Africa, it's not taken really mm. seriously by people who are in those sectors and in leadership spaces, you know, like companies that are for art and have all these budgets for art. I feel like even those departments have not taken us musicians and artists really seriously because mm. there hasn't been really much work especially in South Africa, and there isn't that much of a respect. It's either you're doing like commercial music or you are very talented or you have great project or you're really lucky. You know someone. Yeah. You're like super highly lucky or you're a hard worker. You network, lobby, try to get yourself in things, you know, or just have yeah, hustling, hustling, you know, but then it becomes, there's a challenge always somewhere because someone will end up saying, you are not what we want for our audience because our audience, especially in South Africa, it's for live and art. There is a community, you know, but it's not as big as a commercial mm. community. But I've noticed as I've been traveling all over the world that especially in Paris, you know, art is taken really seriously. Musicians and artists are taken really seriously there because you can really earn a living and it can be a full-on career. Because here in South Africa, it, it, music is a career, but because of the mm. challenges and the hardships of it, a lot of musicians and artists are really finding themselves in a space where it has to become a secondary thing now. It's either 
for you to survive in this country, you need to have full-on employment or have all the money that your parents have left for you, for you to really enjoy the music. So you'll have a nine-to-five, then you have the music thing, which the nine-to-five always becomes a problem when it comes to traveling, recordings and collaborations, because you have to travel in and around the country, you know? So it sort of limits you in a way. But I don't know, I feel like if there has to be a change that is going to be made, we, the creatives right now, Mm-hmm. We have to make the change now for our future generation. Yes. I promise you my daughter is going to also want to be a musician. She keeps saying that right now. She just turned 11. And she says she wants Amazing. to be a singer like you. Papa, I want to be a singer. I, I try to coach her and talk to her about, you know. But we have to create that platform for them, which is primarily like really strong in such a way that they can be comfortable at looking at it as a career. And we guide them. Even though we have these challenges, But what works is that as a creative, you need to create multiple streams of income. Also within the space of being a creative, you don't need to step out of it into like be a call center agent who's a musician. Try and find other things within the space of of art, you know, where you can get an apprenticeship to learn engineering or learn how to overdub uh, for cartoons, you know, if you're a singer or a vocalist. Learn, get an apprenticeship, learn how to, how can I become a voiceover for Power Patrol? Learn a new language, you know? So create that that multiple type of thing that you can do. Because look at COVID. If it's COVID and you don't have work, like performances, but if you have an overdubbing gig, you can always be at an office that will pay you a monthly salary and you're still doing what you love. You can create music for series, for shows, for ads and things, you know? That's what also what I've taken and learned from COVID. Sorry. Yeah. It's tough. Get creative. Yeah. It's tough though. It's very tough, but you have to network and lobby and just get out there. You know? Absolutely. Especially if you were born to do this, what is the sense of doing anything else? Yeah. We all have an equal responsibility to look after one another and how we do it is through our gifts. We share our gifts. Yes. I love, <laughs> love, love that. There was a, a wonderful TED talk with Ethan Hawke on creativity And he said the clue, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says the clue to finding out what your purpose is, is to follow the love. And that has really impacted me, actually, because I think that's right. You have a a desire that you were born with, and when your desire and your gift is of service, somehow at the same time, with those three things, it's like that's the purpose, right in between there. So now... um, what do you predict for the future of live music after 2020? Hey, it's a tricky one, you know. After 2020, you know, 2020, we used to say 20 plenty for everyone. And oh, our yes, we did. president came onto the TV and he started using words like my fellow citizens, started using words like uh, with immediate effect. And his favorite was I thank you. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. And those mm-hmm. for us has been very difficult, you know. When I looked at my calendar last year in November, to March, it was a very amazing, interesting calendar. Also financially, I would have achieved other heights that I've never achieved as a musician in the space. And yeah. I've had so much plans. You want to buy a house, you can now buy a car, you can just like up the stakes a bit, do better things for your family. You know, we can eat better, we can live a better life. And then I think like COVID mm-hmm. happened. I'm not sure where we're going with this COVID thing. I don't know how long it's going to last. Yes, right now we are in summer. It makes it a bit easier for us to be out there and gigging and collecting as much as we can. But by the time we get into next year's winter, mm. 
we might have to go back to lockdown again because uh, that's when the virus really gets. So I cannot really be confident in saying what the next year really looks like because it's scary because we don't know, mm. you know. But I believe if we find a serum or an antidote or a vaccine or whatever that they would find for this virus, it would make it easier because people are so hungry to go out and watch live music or go out and participate in art exhibitions and, you know, have that social living that they've always had, you know. People haven't seen their favorite art acts mm. and bands. People haven't traveled to other spaces of the world to go and do what they really love, traveling and passionate about, you know. Given that opportunity, if we have a, a different thing happening, probably next year would be an even better and greater year. But my fear is the pandemic that we're going through. But I'd like to believe that the genius is working at this in, you know, scholars and professors in medical spaces that are really battling and working hard to find a solution for the creator of the world, you know, because the world hmm. should not be this sad. The world yeah. does not have to be this sad. But um, there's hope. So last year, you guys signed a record deal with a French label, right? Yes. Was it last year? Yes. Yes, it was last year. And so did you have a whole bunch of tours to Europe that were cancelled? A whole bunch. To tell you the truth, now in December, we were supposed to go to a festival called Transmusicale in France. And it's like in a remote part of France in the mountains. And this guy, apparently, oh. the guy that does the festival is an amazing genius. Laurent, our record label owner, says he's crazy. He loves him because he doesn't book the same act every year. He books acts from all over the world that are like, you know, something fresh and proper and he would rebook a band if it did great, you know, but he, he would bring yeah. back like one act, but all the other acts are like super fresh and super new. And so we've had a lot of those Mauritius, we had an Africa tour, you know, and we had the right at the end of the year. And so in other words, we haven't had a tour this year, you know, because of yeah. COVID and there's a lot that has been canceled. Yeah. So, but we've been doing a lot of online things, yeah, with Soda Studios. They've been so awesome to us to allow us to use the studios here in Joburg because we did, uh, I can mention a lot of other shows that we did, but like Warmax, uh, World Music Expo, of which we were supposed to go and play at mm. uh, live, but we couldn't. But at least they still managed to just give us that opportunity so that they can pay for the show, pay for the studio, we can record a show and still make a bit of money out of it. So online has been another thing that has been so great, you know, during this COVID because we're finding ways of using it and how, you know, and yeah. what impact that it makes so that we still remain relevant to your audience and you can still have a conversation with your audience. Absolutely. I've got this thing that I do sound baths. I do sound baths every single Sunday. It's more meditation and it's uh, just taking people through a journey uh, of meditation through sounds and vibrations. Sorry, Tori, just to add, maybe I've forgotten an important question. With the record label that we've signed with, it is so awesome and amazing that they have quite a nice rollout. We've recorded a 10-track full album, which is going to come out in January, with a lot of new songs. We have four singles that have been rolling out since April. You know, we've been releasing a single after yeah. two months, single, 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 building up to the release of the album. And they have quite a nice PR plan. They have such a great company that's plugging us in and around and all over the world, which that was going to open up a lot yeah. of tours for us. So I'm just hoping things go in a different way so that we can start touring. Because the idea is to share this message, is to share this, this, this energy that is within each and every one of us that we can share through our art and music. 
So given that opportunity, yeah. bless, bless. So terrific. And it's so great to hear that you're doing so much creating, even after the year that we've had. Yep. We have to, Tori, because I don't want to find myself having to go and apply at uh, some call center company and to being a teller or I don't know. It's going to kill me. And that would be a waste of your magic. Absolutely, Tori. I'd like to end off the interview with a couple of light questions. Is there a song in the world that you wish that you had written? Yes. There's one song that I really wish that I have written in the world. For the times they are changing. I love that song by Bob Dylan. And it makes sense to also what's happening right now in our lives all over the world, you know. For times they are changing every single day, every single time and with impacts and growths and, you know, but if there is a song, that's the song that I wish I would have written myself. <laughs> Wonderful. I love that song. Do you have a wishlist collaboration? Yes. Wishlist collaboration in South Africa, Matala Gunene. Also, I would have loved to collaborate with Ndate Philip Dawane, may his soul rest in peace. I'm actually working on a collaboration album next year, of which we've given an opportunity yeah. by the record label. It's going to be an amazing, simple easy kind of collaboration where we have Clement Petit from France, who's a celloist, amazing celloist, myself on guitar and all the instruments and voice, and Msaki on guitar and all the voices. It's going to be an easy, easy, wow. easy project that we're going to do. So you just go into Nairox for a week, pre-record the first thing, and then overdubs, and then get the whole thing out there. Msaki has been one of the people that I've always wanted to collaborate with because of her understanding and her knowledge in music. I'd like to also do a collaboration, a full-on album collaboration with Albert Frost. The list is like mm -hmm. really endless. I'd like to do one with Umu Sangare from Senegal, I think, yes. And um, I'd like to do one also with uh, Blick Bessie. He's also from East Africa. Yeah. And I'd like to do one with Shotgun Tori. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, that's wonderful. And now in light of all of the above... Do you have any advice that you could give young indie artists? Not even young, old indie artists too. Yes, it's simple and it's straightforward, Tori. As a musician, you want to, you have a vision. There's spaces and time where you want to get to in terms of your career and where we all see ourselves, you know, whether as a vocalist, an instrumentalist or a writer or a performer or dancer or especially indie musicians, you know. My advice would be work on your craft, love what you do. Be very passionate about it, but be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with the music. Have respect for the sounds and the vibrations that are happening in and around your head, outside with your fingers and your instrument and the love and what you write. But mostly, great works are performed not only by strength, but perseverance as well. So we should persevere as well and put in all the energy, but believe and keep on doing it. And never look back, never stop break the barriers i love it do you have some social media links yes i'd really appreciate that i am a lot on instagram it's at tm underscore moloi small letter tm underscore m-o-l-o-i and then on facebook it's tubatsi t-u-b-a-t-s-i mpo m-p-h-o moloi m-o-l-o-i so it's tubatsi mpo moloi on facebook and it's tm underscore on Instagram and Urban Village Music on Instagram and Urban Village Music on Facebook. And we've got music on SoundCloud, 
got music on iTunes, and you can just type in Duarte Mpomoloi, you'll find some stuff. You can just type in Urban Village Music, you'll find a lot of, even on, you know, um, YouTube, that we've got nice videos that we've put up, and this, this child, this little baby is still growing. My solo project yet, I haven't laced it down and put it out there because I've been working very hard with Urban Village to get everything across. But hopefully by the next year, we should be able to get an offering. Wonderful. And the song that we're going to play out with is one from your solo yes, project, right? Definitely. That's one from my original project. Yes. It's one of my favorites. Amazing. I play guitar on that one and I sing. I wrote everything in that. And on this one that I sent you, I was playing with Jason Hinch on drums and Yaku Mans on bass. It's a trio kind of thing. And I hope that you're going to enjoy it. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Tori. Thank you so much for inviting me over for the podcast. I really appreciate it so much. All right, here we go. If you are an indie artist whose passion for what you do can inspire or fuel others, get in touch. I'd love to chat. You can find me on Instagram at Shotgun Tori. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.
Hey, hey, hey.